If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Good to be with you, to share some time, to talk to each other, to listen to each other, to look at the Parsha, to look at the events of the Jewish calendar, to see what time of the year we're in, and to derive from that some lesson in life, some direction, to bring some clarity to often what is seen as the confusion of life, the uncertainty, the distortion, because we live in a world, and in Hebrew the word for world is olam, and olam comes from the word helam, which means hiddenness, because as we look at the world, it's a hidden place. We see the surface. We see the illusion. We don't see the essence. We don't see the true divine power that lies within. We see what we call the natural order. And somehow, so many make the mistake of thinking that that is the true reality, which it isn't. There is a divine presence, divine providence, where each and every single instant, each and every single act, is directed by God himself. And this is where we have to use the power of Torah, God's wisdom, to understand these things, to recognize these things, and not to be confused by that which simply appears. To have the eyes, to have the mind, to have the wisdom, the insight, to recognize the truth of a situation. It's not often easy, because it's so much easier simply to accept that which appears around us. It takes great courage and difficulty to, well, not reject that which we see, but to probe, to look deeper, to understand that which is contained within. This is where the human condition really comes to the fore, to recognize that there is something within. Can you imagine if humankind, if people would simply accept the situation as it is, never creative, never building, never changing, never doing something which is extraordinary. We would remain the same. We would stay the same. The beauty of each and every one of us is that we have a creative drive. We have imagination. We have inspiration. We have the ability not only go forward, not only to have the passion to do something great, but to somehow bring about positive change in the fullest sense of the word. This is what we are all about. We don't sit still. We don't simply continue. We are not animals. Animals cannot change that which they do. They are what they are. This is the way God designed them. The way God designed us, he gave us the ability not only to exist, not only to survive, not only to thrive, but to bring about great change. He gave us the power of imagination. He gave us the power of creativity. He gave us the power of communication. He gave us the power to see that which is within. And this is where Torah comes in its fullest sense, because Torah is called Torah Emet, the Torah of truth. And truth is very often hidden. It's beyond a veil. 
we don't see it clearly. And we have to investigate. We have to dig and dig deeply. Because most people, unfortunately, simply accept that which is. This is why we study. This is why we learn. This is why we devote our energy in order to see that which is within. And this is why we are at a time of the year which is, well, a difficult time. It's not an easy time. Yesterday was the 17th of Tammuz, the fast of Tammuz, a day which ushers in the period known as the three weeks, Bein HaMitzarim, the three weeks which is within those two dates, the two dates of difficulty, the two dates of the 17th of Tammuz and Tisha B'Av, when the walls of Jerusalem were breached, Tragically, finally, our holy temple not once but twice was destroyed, first by the Babylonians and then by the Romans. And it's a time of semi-morning. You heard the music earlier on, a cappella. We don't listen to music by instruments. This is a time that we recall great sadness. Great sadness, a time that we recall destruction. And not only destruction, it was not only a building, a structure that was brought into ruin. It's not only exile, it was the divine presence. It left a revealed presence. It went into hiding. And this is something that we have to understand. When the temple was standing, there were miracles. We saw the presence of God in its fullest sense. And perhaps as a result of our behavior, Hashem felt now is a time that we no longer deserve that type of revealed presence. And because of that, the enemy came, came into Jerusalem, came into the Holy Temple and destroyed it. As I said before, not only once, but twice on the ninth of Av. And this is why this time of the year is a time of great reflection. We sit back and we ask ourselves, what happened? Why it happened? Well, perhaps each and every one of us must examine that on a personal level. But collectively, we have to ask ourselves, what happened? What is it that Churban Bais, the destruction of the temple, what does that really mean? What is the significance of the destruction of the temple? What does the temple represent? What did the Beit HaMikdash actually mean to us? What was that structure on the Temple Mount that we were compelled to, well, visit three times a year, a pilgrimage? What was that all about? Why did Hashem God Almighty want us to come there three times a year to celebrate the presence of God? Was it merely a religious experience, a religious expression? What was the Temple, the Beit HaMikdash, all about. And this is why when we reflect upon that which it was, we begin to understand that which we lost. And when we understand that which we lost, we begin to understand why we yearn to return to that state. Throughout our existence, each and every single day, we pray not once, but three times, and we plead to God, we want to once again return to that glorious situation of the temple, of the offerings, of the incredible revealed presence of God. Why do we yearn for Mashiach? 
Why do we speak about redemption? Why do we speak about those glorious moments? Is it simply because we want to have a central structure? No. We want the world to recognize. We ourselves should recognize who and what we are. That we are Hashem's people. And we have the ability of removing the veil of darkness that covers the world to reveal the divine light that exists, the presence of God. God who controls and runs this world. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. What are we mourning? What have we lost? Really, what have we lost? We look at the world, and yes, there are a great many problems in the world. But at the same time, we think to ourselves, is it really that bad? Is life really that bad? What are we missing? What is it that we yearn for? Why have the Jewish people throughout the millennium, throughout its years and years of strange survival and existence, why is it that they have this passionate, incredible desire to return to that state where there is a temple and the service takes place in the temple? And we plead with Hashem, send us Mashiach. Please, what's that really all about? What are we missing and what do we want? And this is why when we take a look at the Parsha of this week, Parsha of Pinchas, it's not every year that Pinchas comes out during the three weeks, but this year, because of the structure of the calendar, Pinchas forms part of the three weeks that we have some incredible insight into what this is all about. We spoke about it last week a bit. Pinchas, what's going on? The Jewish people are on the border of entering the promised land, Israel. The great moment has come. They've been in the wilderness for close on 40 years, 40 years. A young, new generation are about to enter the land. The great, glorious moment of what they were waiting for. What happens? Remember what happened last week. Milam says to Bullock, you can't encounter these people by attacking them. Open your doors. Welcome them. Allow them to interact with your people. Let them assimilate it's exactly what they do. Moab and Midian open their doors and tell the Jews, welcome, become part of us. And the result was tremendous, tremendous disaster. To the point where one of the leaders of the tribes, a man by the name of Zimri, publicly, shamelessly, behaves in the most immoral fashion with a princess from the Moab Midian community. And he flaunts his terrible behavior in front of Moses. A terrible plague breaks out. There's chaos. The Jewish people have begun worshiping an idol. Their behavior is unbelievable. What is Moses doing? What are the elders doing? 
Strangely, they're standing by and watching this happen. There's one young man by the name of, of Pinchas who sees this. He's enraged. He's angry. He comes running to Moshe and he says, Moshe, is there not a teaching that says that one who is zealous must act at this moment? He's allowed to slay a person who shamelessly flaunts such immoral behavior in public. And one would think that Moshe would react. What does he say, Moshe? He says one of the most important statements ever said. He says, Karaina de Igreta, Ihu lehebe pravanka. What does that mean? Let the reader of the letter bring it to its execution. In other words, he says, you feel so passionate, do something yourself. What happened over here? Was Moshe weak? Was Moshe not up to the challenge of exercising leadership? The great Moses, who at every turn exercises the most incredible selfless leadership? Is he broken at this point? Is he afraid? No. Moshe sees something that is extremely important for a leader to understand. He recognizes at this particular juncture, this young man, Pinchas, he is the individual who was chosen by God to act. Of course, Moshe can do something. But Moshe knows that if he does something, he will take away the opportunity that Pinchas has. And this is the moment that Pinchas must act. This is when Pinchas becomes a hero. Imagine an army. And things are not going as well as they should. And a young officer comes running into the general's headquarters and says, Sir, General, things are not going well. You must do this, that, or the other. And the general turns around to the younger officer and says, Well, you feel so strongly. If you're so passionate, go do something about it. Now, if the general does it because he's weak and frightened, that's terrible. But if the general does it because he recognizes this is the moment for this young officer to rise to the fore, to become that which he should become, to become great, to become a hero. That's true leadership. And that's precisely, precisely what Moses does with Pinchas. And Pinchas rises to the moment and acts with incredible courage and bravery. He does kill Zimri. And the people are furious. How dare you? And how does the Parsha open this week? God says, This Pinchas, the son of Eleazar, the grandson of Aaron, he has calmed my anger. 
and I didn't destroy the people as a result. And therefore I give him my covenant of peace. He will become a priest, elevated to the highest level. This altruistic expression of selfless, selfless heroism, which was questioned by everyone, how dare you? There's Moses, let him deal with it. Who are you to act when there are those wiser and older and greater? But Moshe saw that this is the moment that Pinchas has to rise to the occasion. This is the moment of Pinchas. And the truth of the matter is that each and every one of us, each and every one of us, has a hero within him. And it takes a tremendous teacher, parent, mentor, leader, to recognize the leader in someone. And a truly great leader knows when to stand back and to allow the younger hero to rise at that moment. Not for the purpose of glory, but this is the moment that this individual can become who he or she should become. Karaina the Igrita Iula Hefe Pravanka, let the reader of the letter be the one who implements that which he read. This is the great Pinchas. What we've learned from it is very simple. Worlds in chaos. How often do we get angry at things that happen? We turn on the news. We hear things that really make our blood boil. We want to do something. Five minutes later, we're distracted. We're busy with something else. We're, well, we're busy. We have to learn how to seize the moment and to channel our passion, our fury into something which is positive into bringing about a certain amount of change. Yes, one individual can do it. It was one individual, not the leader of the generation, not the most important person. There were elders, there were others. It was Moses himself. And there was chaos, a plague had broken out. God was furious with his people. People were behaving incredibly badly. Serving idols, behaving immorally, shamefully. One person stands up with passion, with selfless, selfless devotion, acts and changes all of that. Now we're not called upon to change the world, but you know what? Our actions can change the world, whether we see it or not. You know, we think in very small, small measure. But we don't realize that in the true sense of the word, our actions are immense. Because they're seen by God. And God says that action can make a tremendous, tremendous change. Now we have to recognize it for what it is. And it has this incredible ripple effect. We look at the world today, 
and we think to ourselves, what's going to happen? It's a crazy world, a chaotic world, a disturbed world. Where are the leaders? You and I, every one of us, we are the ones that have to bring about change. We're not called upon to do great acts of zealousness, though we are called upon to do acts of change. We are called upon to give expression to our rage and to our fury, to our anger, to our feelings. We are called upon to behave in a way which indicates that we are not at all accepting of that which happens around us. Because once we do, we become part of it. And that we can't allow. We have to be a living model and example to those around us, to our children, to our friends, to our neighbors, to ourselves. That's what we learn from Pinchas. That's the leadership of Moshe. He said, Pinchas, this is your moment. Go and act. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the heroism of Pinchas. We're talking about how, in fact, every single individual has the potential to be a hero. Each and every one of us, in our own situation, in our own reality, has the ability of bringing about positive change in the most extraordinary sort of way. We have to simply look at the world a little bit differently, look at ourselves a little bit differently. We have incredible, incredible strength, incredible abilities, incredible talents. All we have to do is learn how to channel those energies, those powers that we have, and give it the proper expression that it deserves. In fact, Maimonides tells us, how will the world change? When we take a look at the world, we often wonder to ourselves, how can this world possibly change? It's such a huge world with so many people, with so many power structures, with so many conflicts and differences and situations that are so difficult to resolve. How can it possibly change? And Maimonides tells us the world is always in a state of balance and all it takes is the positive action of one individual to change the balance into good. And this is something that we have to understand. And this is why each and every one of us has that potential, really, of changing the order. We do one positive act. That act can change the balance into something which is positive, into something which is great. And this is why, as I mentioned earlier on, throughout the ages, we look to the past but we look to the future. We look to the past in order to know who we are and where we come from. But in order for us to look to the future and to see what we can do and what our ultimate goal is, and this is why, this is why the passion of the Jewish people has been, we want Mashiach. We want the world to be a perfect place. We want to rebuild the temple. And this is why the Lubavitcher Rebbe Sainted memory tells us that during this particular time of the three weeks, when there is a sense of mourning, we're obligated, we should study the laws of the Beis Hamikdash, of rebuilding the Beis Hamikdash. We learned the laws in the Rambam, 
We learn about the base of Mikdash in the book of Yechezkel. We learn the Mishnah of Midot. We learn everything there is about the base of Mikdash because it will be rebuilt when Mashiach comes. This is part of our destiny. This is part of who we are. And each and every one hopes and prays that it happens in our lifetime that we shall see that incredible, incredible moment. Because it's not only a structure. It's the revealed presence of God. It's the world as it should be, not the world as it is. It's God's initial intention of what creation was all about. God didn't simply make a world as we see it. God made a world that enables each and every one of us to partake in changing it for the better and bringing about the ultimate purpose of creation. And that's why we yearn for Mashiach. We sing on Imami and I believe with absolute faith that he can come on any day. We speak about the concept of a Tehzedah. Please God, we want to return with mercy, with kindness, without difficulty. Because a lot of people think, ah, it's some sort of illusion. It's not. It's a reality. And this is why it's something that we not only yearn for, but we work for. Yes, we yearn for it, but we work for it. Every mitzvah, every moment of Torah study, everything that we do, everything that we concentrate on, is to try and bring the past into the future, into a reality, into something that tells us this is going to happen. And we take a lesson from Pinchas. Pinchas could have stood by. He saw Moses standing there with the elders. He witnessed the chaos, as did hundreds and thousands of others. He saw the wrath of God, the terrible plague. He saw people acting shamelessly. In fact, one of the leaders of one of the tribes of Israel behaving so badly. He could have stood by. No. He felt rage. He felt that something was wrong. And yes, he did turn to Moshe. But when Moshe told him, perhaps this is your moment, he didn't shy away. He acted on that moment. And this is something that we have to understand. We feel rage. That is an indication that we must do something. We're upset about a situation that we see in this world that we feel is unjust or wrong. We have to do something about it. Big or small. We have the courage of our convictions. It's a must. It brings about change. It brings about change in the most dramatic and powerful way. And this is why within this parsha, what do we read about? We read about inheriting the land. We read about how the land was divided. We read about the laws of inheritance. We read about how we connect to the promised land. We read about the daughters of Salafchad who said, our father had no sons, why should we be left out? And God says, yes, what they're saying is correct. And even though initially the laws of inheritance didn't include women, they fought for it and they received it. We read about the offerings that were brought on Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh and the festivals. We read about a glorious time in the land of Israel where the temple was standing and the revealed presence of God was seen. And three times a year the Jews made a pilgrimage and everybody witnessed that great and glorious sensation. 
of the presence of God. And that's what we want. We want to once again see the revealed presence of God within the entire world. Not a world that's hiding the presence of God, but a world that reveals the presence of God. And it's up to us. It's up to our heroic acts. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. It's a fascinating parsha. As it begins, when God says, I'm giving Pinchas, the great gift of my covenant of peace, I'm making him a kohen. Listen to how the land is divided. Listen to the plea of the daughters of Tzalafchot. Listen to the instructions of the various offerings given over the festivals and Shabbat. Listen to all of that. It's wonderful. And as I always say, listen to the portion that talks to you. It has a message. So listen carefully. The Chavez.